Hey guys, it's Jay from Living Out Loud Podcast. Um, kind of doing a little solo session here. Um, just had something on my mind I wanted to kind of get out there. Um, I've, uh, I think a lot of people have, have noticed that there's a lot of information going out about the vaccine currently. Now, um, my point in this whole conversation, and I want to be perfectly clear on this, my attempt at um, talking about the vaccine is not to persuade anybody to get the vaccine, nor is it to persuade anybody to not get the vaccine. So I want to say that again, just be perfectly clear. Um, for me personally, I, it, I do not care if someone wants to get it, nor do I care if someone does not want to get it. Um, I think this is one of those times where it's, um, it's I shouldn't say dangerous, but I think it's um, a little bit uh, naive to try to lump in um uh, the coronavirus along with polio and some of the other, um, uh, I guess, uh, I, I think, I think they're called viruses as well, but some of the other things that, uh, people get vaccinated for regularly. And the reason being is because, um, the, uh, the death rate is so low with this. So, um, and, and once again, uh, that may be one of my prejudices coming through, um, and I'll explain why in just a second. But um, I do think it's not fair to equate um, people not wanting to get a vaccine for COVID-19 with those who are, um, I'm going to use their term, I don't really like the term, but the term that is thrown around a lot of anti-vaxxers. So, what I mean by an anti-vaxxer is someone who is opposed to getting the traditional vaccines for their children. Um, the measles, mumps, rubella vaccines, um, those that are, that are typically given from children from birth to a certain age. That is the ones that I'm referring to as an anti-vaxxer. I'm not referring to the ones who don't care about getting the flu shot or anything like that. So I don't count those as anti-vaxxers. So um, that's just people who do or do not want. Because I, I, I also believe that there are some flu seasons where some people will say, yeah, I don't really care about getting it this year or, you know, I'll get it next year or whatever. And, that, and you know, that's perfectly fine. So once again, to be perfectly clear, People who choose to get the flu vaccine or not, I am not lumping into anti-vaxxers or pro-vaxxing. It's the anti-vaxxers are those with the typical measles, mumps, and rubella vaccinations. Now, that being said, a lot of people who are trying to push a narrative or pressure people into um, getting the vaccine are using that... Um, anti-vax um, narrative or label that's what I want like that label to to pin on someone who is opposed to um, getting the COVID-19 vaccine 
And there's a big push in um, government, in the media, for people to get the vaccine. Now, I'll be clear on that. I don't have a problem with a marketing campaign with the media or politicians or celebrities or whatever pushing for a um, or proposing or encouraging people to get the vaccine. Where I think it draws a line in my personal opinion, is when you have to deride a certain segment of the population who don't want to get that vaccine in order to to push your agenda, which is to encourage people to get the vaccine. Um, I have a problem with that. Now, let me get into this this part of the discussion. What I want to do is simply provide information about COVID-19 and about the vaccine. Um, now, also, there's a lot of, of memes out there, things thrown out here and there, uh, data points. I don't know where they get some of that stuff. Just know that what I'm about... The information I'm about to give you is directly from the CDC. So I encourage you to do, I hope, I well, I would wish everybody would go to the CDC website and look at the information for themselves. It's not super user-friendly, I will admit. There is some math, and there are some people who are just not good at math. That's why I want to kind of do this for you is to provide you with some information um, that uh, uh, might help you with making the decision. And once again, not trying to discourage you, nor am I trying to encourage you to get the vaccine. I want to have an open discussion amongst everyone. I want everyone to be able to ask their questions, vent their fears, um, vent their frustrations, whatever it might be, around the vaccine um, in order to get some clarification. Um, now, what I don't want is, well, you know, get me back up. I believe it, it's everybody's prerogative to get the vaccine or to not get the vaccine. Um, so I wanted to reiterate that point. Now, what I see a lot of times on social media is um, people will make an innocent post and it'll say, hey, uh, well, actually what's trending right now is people say, I've got my first shot or I've got my second shot or whatever. And then what you'll see is someone jump on there and say, I don't believe in the vaccine. Well, that does nobody any good. Not at all. I think a better way to do it is just leave it alone. If someone posts on their someone posts on their page that they got the vaccine, cool. There's there's nothing wrong with someone wanting to get the vaccine, at least in my opinion. Because if they're worried about it, let them get it. Secondly, if someone puts on there that they have issues with getting the vaccine, they are they're worried about side effects associated with the vaccine, so they're making the choice to not get the vaccine. Fine. I don't, I don't think it's right for someone to get on there that is a pro advocate of the vaccine and push their narrative against that person. It does nothing to do that. Now, 
I think conversely, if you wanted to use true data points, so if you've got someone that's worried and saying, I'm not getting the vaccine, and you, you had data or statistics and you wanted to show them, I think as long as you're approaching it from the perspective of, hey, I respect your decision not to, here's some information that might help you with your decision. And if the person wants to, to get irritated with that, let them, just don't, don't follow up with them. Just let them go. There's always a better way to do it than the typical aggressive way to do it on social media. That you can, you can express your opinion without getting angry with it. My personal favorite is when I see people who actually do some research and post statistics on there. So, or some data. Now, once again, numbers are numbers. They don't lie. But what you can do is you can manipulate numbers to represent a certain opinion. That's, that's always the case. So, when I go through these numbers, if there is, if you pick up on any kind of a bias, my apologies. They're not, I'm not trying to, um, once again, I'm not trying to advocate for or against getting the vaccine. I'm simply wanting to provide information about the vaccine because I feel like there is this effort or this movement out there to stamp out anyone who is doubting getting the vaccine. And I don't like that. I think that encourages more people to have hesitancy about getting the vaccine. So I think that when the government is really hush-hush about talking about side effects or death rates according to the vaccine, I think that's at least a question mark in people's minds. Like, okay, I don't trust it. Because a lot of people don't trust the government anyway. So once you don't allow conversation or discourse around an issue, they're going to automatically have doubts about um, that particular issue. Um, certain certain people are, and that's perfectly fine. I want to say that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with um, uh, having absolute faith in this vaccine. You believe the CDC did what they were supposed to do. Uh, you probably have taken other medications. You have faith in the CDC to approve a vaccine um, that is going to be safe for you. There's nothing wrong in that. There are on occasions the CDC has approved fact, you know, different types of medications that have been recalled or have gotten so-called black box warnings because those studies did not show certain issues until after it got out into the general population. So there are, because of that, there are people that have hesitancies about it. And this particular is a once one of a kind type of vaccine. It was incredibly done incredibly fast. So I think that leaves a lot of people questioning the vaccine. Um, and that, that's okay. That is perfectly okay. Um, what's not okay is for those who uh, are pushing for the vaccine to call out those that don't want to get it because of they're worried or there's not enough information for them or whatever. That's using common terminology, like, almost like vaccine shaming. And, and you should be ashamed to do that. You really should. If you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. Once you've got it, you're safe, supposedly, from those that don't. So don't worry about it. 
it's fine. Okay. Now let's look at the actual numbers. Okay. Let's start off with the va vaccine side effects. So the data I'm about to give you is from March 17th of 2021. The data is typically about a week behind um, that they report. So the uh, the uh, you can go onto the CDC website or you can just Google death rates associated with the vaccine because when it comes to side effects of the vaccine, they don't have statistical data on side effects just listed on the, on the CDC website just yet. I think they had they have one particular side effect which was um um and I apologize I didn't write it down because it was literally like two or three out of 120 million actually got it so I didn't see it as relative uh, relative information so I didn't write it down but they mention a particular side effect on there um but um it uh it's I've lost it now but anyway the big one that I think people are worried about is the death rate. I think that's the one that people probably raises the eye or kind of makes you think the most is what are the chances of me dying from getting the vaccine? Is it worth getting the vaccine or just taking my chance with the COVID? So when you look at, according to the CDC, 2,216 people have have death attributed to the vaccine. Now, let me put a bullet point right here. On the CDC's website, it does say that there more evidence needs to be gained in this particular uh, study in order to determine if the death rate should be attributed to the vaccine. Um, and uh, I think... So that, and that can also go either way. There could be situations to where death rates were not attributed to the vaccine that should have been, and then there could be some that are attributed to it that sh shouldn't have been. So let's let's go off of the presumption that the 2,216 deaths that are attributed to the vaccine, according to the CDC website, are is is an accurate representation. Now. There have been 126 million vaccinations. Once again, I want to put a bullet point or an asterisk on this. It, the website, CDC's website, does not tell you if those 126 million vaccinations are just doses sent to um, vaccination sites or are they uh, actual vaccinations first dose? Is this uh, first dose and second dose? Are they counting a vaccination of first and second dose as one vaccination? Or is this uh, every time you've got your vaccination? So if you've gotten two vaccinations, it, it counts as two. So that would be almost be like only, only 80 million people. I'm sorry, 60 million people have been vaccinated. That I don't, I can't answer that question because the CDC website is not clear on that. So... Uh, I put those asterisks on there because if you start looking into the data and questioning, you know, my numbers, which I encourage you to do, I really do. Um, if, if you start looking at those and you start saying, well, this doesn't make sense, um, I, I want to clarify what I'm trying to do. So for the purposes of this discussion, let's say that 126 million vaccinations is one person. 
So you've had 126 million people vaccinated, and I'm going to go ahead and say that they've had both doses. So let's say that out of 126 million people, both doses has been has been given. Now, more than likely, that is not an accurate uh, account. More than likely, of the 126 million, a large portion of those have probably only had one dose. But let's go. Let, I'm going to err on the side of of uh, that they've had both doses. Okay. So when you take 2,216 deaths out of 126 million, you have a death rate um, per the CDC of of 0.0018%. Once again, that is 0.0018%. It's a very low number of a death rate compared um, for the vaccine. Now, I'm going we're going to reference that vaccine death rate in just a little bit. Now let's switch to the numbers for COVID-19 as far as death rates. Now, I'm going to break this down into the age groups that um, the CDC gives. Now, the CDC website does not give um, percentages broken down um, into uh, the percentage of, of each age group, those deaths by how many cases were reported. So this is where I have to put another asterisk on here. To get the COVID-19 death rates, I'm sorry, sorry, not death rates, the COVID-19 reported cases, I, you can get that from one place, um, which is the current running totals. So that's 29,708, I'm sorry, 29,708,385. But that's the current running total. The when you try to get the death rates, that's a week behind. So more than likely, there the numbers are going to be relatively the same. But when you see, well, I'm sorry, when you hear my numbers being quoted, what I have done is rounded up. I'm sorry, rounded down uh, for the cases of because the COVID-19 cases reported is higher than what it would have been a week ago. So in order to try to give you the best, most accurate data, I've, I've rounded up and down in some cases to, to I think, best represent um, what it should in this um, instance. So anyway, if that doesn't make sense, I apologize. But hopefully as we go through this, it'll make more sense. So when you look at the category of ages less than 1 to 17 years old. So for the CDC website, the list is 0 to 17. So um, that, that age group is has 226 deaths. So when you take 226 deaths divided by 29 million, you get a death rate of 0.0008%. Um, in this case you're looking at a vaccine death rate of 0.0018 versus a death rate from COVID of 0.0008%. I'm going to go revisit this particular uh, category in just a minute when I go through some of the others because I think it's important to note. Um, 
but let's just take this at face value for right now. What I'm trying to present here is that if you're just looking at death rates, on the surface, it looks like um, the death rate for COVID-19, you have a better chance of surviving COVID-19 than you would the vaccine. And once again, I'm going to go back to this, but um, on the surface, I want to point that out. Now, continuing that same rationale for the next group, which is the age 18 to 29, there was 1,866 deaths reported as of March 17th, which, cre which is a death rate of 0.0062%. Now, these death rates are incredibly low for these age groups anyway, incredibly low. When you look at the vaccine death rate, it's 0.0018 versus 0.0062. This is the category where using the kind of rationale that I'm trying to use right here, it would be safer to it'd be a less risky um, according just based off of death rates to get the vaccine than it would to try to take your chances with COVID-19. Now, age groups of 30 to 39, that was, represents 5,485 deaths. As you can see, you start to see a, um, a sharper incline as you get older. That creates a death rate of 0.018%. So 0.018 is obviously more than 0.0018%, so it would be safer to get the vaccine than it would take your chances with COVID-19. Get into the ages of 40 to 49, um, it gets into almost three times the death rates of, which is 14,792, um, which represents a 0.048% death rate. So 0.048, once again, is higher than 0.0018. It's less risky to get the vaccine. Age groups 50 to 64, here's where you see a massive jump, 77,215 deaths which represents 0.026% uh, death rate. 0.026% is greater than 0.0018%, less risky to get the vaccine. And then when you look at uh, age group 65 to 74, you have 113,198 deaths, representing a 0.38% death rate. Um, versus uh, 0.0018 for the vaccine, less risky to get the vaccine. Um, 75 to 84, 144,064 deaths, 0.49% death rate, uh, represents uh, obviously less risky to get the vaccine. And then 85 and older has a uh, total number of deaths, 160,729, death rate of 0.54% less risky to get the vaccine. Okay, now, those numbers are incredibly boring, and I'm sure uh, several of you just sort of tuned out um, when I was going through that. I would have tuned out. Um, but I think it's important to list your sources, list your data, and, and so people can go back and check your information to verify um, that you got it right. Because I, I'm human. I can get something wrong. I think that is something missing in the media today. In the rise of the fake news movement, um, a lot of the uh, reporters are not listing their, their data. Or the, when they do, it's obviously skewed in one direction. I'm really not trying to skew 
one direction. I really just want to provide factual information so people can have an honest discussion around the issues. If we were could get back to having honest discussions without being at each other's throats, um, without trying to push your side over someone other, silence one person so you can get your voice out, or being silent so someone else can get their voice, their voice out, I think it would create a better opportunity and less frustration for people. Um, so, going back to the vaccine, um, one thing that I want to reiterate is the data that I'm using is all death rates. That's what you can get on the CDC website. When you start looking at, when you start it's the data is just wildly all over the place, and probably not even there may not be a way to um, quantify side effect data. So side effects from COVID nineteen and side effects from um, the vaccine. Now there may there's more than likely uh, it's probably going to be easier to quantify side effects from um, the uh, vaccine uh, over. COVID-19 because COVID-19 seems to manifest itself uh, differently amongst others with some of the uh, the main uh, uh, I guess side effects or, or issues that are presented from COVID-19 being uh, lung issues uh, to taste loss of taste loss of smell those are the ones that I hear about the most people other people may hear others but um, you know so but for some people uh, losing your taste and smell could be just a horrific uh, thought for them to ever lose that, even for a day. So it, it, every person's different. It's not for me to judge whose particular side effect. So if there's a side effect where you you lose, a, let's say, feeling in your hands. I don't know what this vaccine side effect has, but let's say that, for example, you lose feeling in your hands for a month. Someone else, if you lose your taste for a month, they would might be like, you know what, I'll, t- I'll lose feeling in my hands for a month. The point being is it's not for us to decide what someone else should do, what someone else should prioritize as being a bigger risk in their life. What we should do is allow for open discussion so people can make decisions for themselves as what fits in their life. So let me give this example. If you're a person, let's say you are a taste tester, and your livelihood is all it th- is revolves around tasting foods or beverages um, in order to give uh, uh, information to determine if if the quality is up to par. If you lose your taste, you lose your ability to do your job. So in that instance, let's use the example of someone losing feeling in their hands. To me, I would rather lose my taste than lose feelings in my hands. But to this person, they would probably rather get the vaccine so they don't lose their taste. Because for some people, their taste is gone for months. So they wouldn't be able to do their job for months at a time. I hope that example maybe starts turning some wheels for some people. So they start trying to not see things purely through their own prism, but maybe through someone else's prism. Um, 
maybe put yourself in someone else's shoes because you don't know what they're going through until you've walked a mile in their shoes. It's almost impossible to until you have a conversation with that person. Um, so that's why I've kind of come at this from I'm not trying to persuade you to or against. But I think it's important that nobody cast dispersions on anyone for their decisions. Um, so back into this. Um, where was I? Oh, side effects. So... Go, talking about the vaccine itself, some of the issues that people have about the vaccine is one: there's not a lot of conversation around the vaccine. It's uh, vaccine side effects. It seems to be like people are trying to play it down, and it's probably because they want to reach this herd immunity number. Now, I have issues with the art seemingly arbitrary. Um, picking of herd immunity. It seems to have increased gradually as we have um, gone through this pandemic. It's uh, In some cases, I've heard it needs to be 60, 65, 70. Now it's all the way up to 90, 95% uh, of people need to get the vaccine in order to get herd immunity. I, once you start seemingly arbitrarily picking numbers, you lose confidence. People don't have confidence in you when you aren't able to validate why with actual science, data, or whatever. So, for example, I think Fauci did himself a huge disservice when he, um, when he could not verify where the six-foot, um, I guess let's just call it rule, six-foot rule came into play as far as social distancing. Um, when people researched into it, it come, turns out that it came, uh, it seemingly has come from a study in the early 1900s, late 1800s, where they uh, took a guess and said that the farther apart people were, they might not get a disease. Okay, well, science has come a long way in the last 200 years. So I would venture to say that... Um, Okay, is a six is a six foot rule necessary? Um, and as a matter of fact, there was a recent study that came out and said that the six foot rule wasn't necessary. That three feet would have been more appropriate um, in these instances. So I, that to me shows that if when the leaders are talking about these things and they're not validating where they're getting this information from with studies, with um, data, and they're just picking random numbers out of their head, they lose faith. People lose faith in the American public. But how do you go, how, how do you fix that? Well, you allow for open discussion. You say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. This is the information where we got it from. We, we did this. This is why. And you allow people to vent their frustrations, vent their their uh, hesitancies, and open the discussion. But when you try to tamper it down and you cover up for your mistakes because you're afraid that people won't get vaccinated if they find out that you just sort of made up this information, maybe it's best that people get vaccinated. But when you're lying about information, it casts doubt, and people don't want to because suddenly they have hesitancies. I hope you kind of see where I'm coming from there. And once again, I'm not advocating 
for getting the vaccine. This is all about advocating for open discussion around people for or against it and and um, just people getting more educated about it because you could you may be for it you get educated about it and you you might nah I'm I'm good and then you could be against getting the vaccine get more educated about it and you might say well you know what now that I've got some more information I'm I'm okay with it it can literally go either way so now um, I think secondly when um, there is no long term data as far as side effects for the COVID-19. When you have a brand new um, vaccine and there's no long-term data for it, you're going to have a large segment of population that are going to say, you know what, I think I'm going to wait. Let me wait to see what happens. And I don't have a problem with people wanting to wait to see. I don't have a problem with people wanting to be first in line. There's a thing called early adopters, and there's a thing called, you know, late adopters. It goes with technology. There are people that are innovators, and there are people that sort of that jump on the bandwagon after it's been going for a little bit. You need everyone, and everyone has situations in their life where they need to either be an early adopter or a late adopter. If you don't need the vaccine, let's go back through the um, the death rates. When you're thinking, if you're under the age of 65, I would say if you're 64 or under, the highest your death rate is going to be is 0.026. I think you're good. You know, uh, I think you would be fine. Uh, taking a chance there is very, very low. And even for the higher ones, you know, say 85 and older, you have almost a 99.5% chance of surviving if you got COVID-19. But there are people that don't want to take a 0.5% chance, and I'm not going to judge someone for doing that. And I would hope nobody else would. But I would also hope that if someone looks at that and says, I would rather take a 0.5% chance of dying versus a long-term side effect that I'd have to live with, Boom. Well, I hope nobody would judge them for that. You know? So that's all I'm trying to say is there are people who have that are worried that okay, if I'm if, if this is the case, I don't want to fall into this trap of getting this particular vaccine and it turn around to burn me um, with a side effect or or I don't want to I don't want to take a chance of dying. I've seen friends and family die from from COVID, um, hey, there's nothing wrong with getting the vaccine. So, anyway, um, I encourage you, if you are one of those that is for the vaccine, if you see someone that's against it, don't try to push your opinion on them. Ask them why. Ask them why they don't want to get it. Because we don't know. You, you, you're only going to assume. Maybe they don't get it because they saw someone get it and they had a bad side effect and now they're scared. Conversely, if you are anti-vaccine and you see someone that is very pro-vaccine, don't condemn them. Don't call them sheep. Don't condemn them for wanting to get it because maybe they had a family member die 
from getting the vaccine. So it's it's not right to jump to a conclusion and assume you know what's going on in that person's life. Um, so once again, I I hope that I did not come across as trying to push for or against the vaccine. I've done my best to try to just present data and information um, and uh, so that way people can make their own conclusions. And I would say that if you do listen to this and you are, are thinking, oh, he's pro-vaccine or he's anti-vaccine, well, you're probably, there's a good chance you're projecting your internal biases onto me. And you might want to take a look inward as to that is that happening in a lot of other areas of your life are you projecting your internal biases onto other people and that's it everybody I, like i said i just wanted to present some information some data um, to just further a discussion around covid19 and its vaccine thank you very much i hope you enjoyed this this um, uh, discussion, this topic, and I hope maybe it encourages you to just you know talk about it with your, some of your friends and family. Seek out friends and family that have a different point of view, and just talk to them and listen. Listen to what they have to say. That's something we are all lacking: is just listening. We're good at talking, we are terrible at listening. Thanks again. I'm Jay. This is Living Out Loud Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much.